funny <laughs> hey everybody it is thursday and we're here doing something a little bit special here on weird realities so i'm hadley thorne y'all know scott rich cecil or cecil i should say bethany stutzman and rich would you do the honors of introducing our esteemed guest well we do have an esteemed guest we have mr chris margettis Hey guys, how we doing tonight? Actor, wrestler, fighter. He's he's the man. Writer, uh, and uh, he starred in his his very own movie a little while ago. And uh, we we reviewed the movie. Was it last week or the week before? It was it was relatively recently. Week before. And Chris stumbled across us, and uh, and here he is. Well, guys, thanks so much for having me on. This is pretty cool. Uh, it's nice to meet all of you, and. Um, Let's get to it, man. Let's talk. I'm, I'm excited. Well, I've got to ask, what was your inspiration for this movie? Uh, wow. So um, my partner, Wait, Mike, man, and I, who played... Let's yell out what the movie is first. Chris, oh, okay. <laughs> introduce the movie first. <laughs> uh, so the movie is um, the Manson Brothers Midnight Zombie Massacre, uh, which is arguably one of the longest titles in the history of independent film. Um <laughs> Uh, we did it that way on purpose because my, my partner and I, Mike, and we'll go into the, all the machinations, but uh, we used to watch all those like Santo and, and um, so-and-so versus the vampire women and all that kind of stuff. So when we started doing this, we were kind of patterning it after Santo and Blue Demon. Uh, as a matter of fact, if you see the masks, that's why we did them in blue and silver. That's awesome. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, from an inspiration perspective, uh, Mike, who plays Stone, Mike Carey, um, my brother in the film, he and I were, were actually both professional wrestlers um, back in, oh my God, longer than I care to admit ago. Uh, let's put it this way. Anybody, anybody that you see that's a wrestler now who's in films wasn't even wrestling when, when Mike and I were wrestling. So that's how long ago it was. Uh, we were actually both. Um, my name was Stone Manson. His name was Skull Manson. We were never uh, actually tag team together. I actually took Mike's place when he left to join the fire department. Um, I was an up and comer, and he suggested that his group called the Brotherhood, which was patterned after the movie Stone Cold with Brian Bosworth, if you remember that. Oh, yeah. From way back when. So I was Chris Stone. That was my original name, and that was after John Stone from uh, Stone Cold. And then they were the Brotherhood, which was patterned after that as well. So it was kind of like hand in glove when he was leaving. He's like, hey, you guys should take this guy on. The next thing you know, I'm wearing leather and dressing like I'm in, you know, the village people. So uh, so fast forward about uh, five, six years. Um, I had the WWE bought out the w, WCW, if you guys are into wrestling at all or remember that. Yeah. Um, and so really all the jobs really got cut down. And I was, you know, that's kind of the thing that I was trying to do was work my way up. So I, I effectively retired from wrestling. I went into uh, color commentary for a while. Um, then I got married, had some kids. Hey, Alan. How are we doing, buddy? Hey, Alan. Good to see you. Uh, perfect. He comes in. I'm muted. Well, you, actually, it's perfect because this is the longest story of all time. So you came in, you cut out all the fodder. So it's, it's good. So wait a minute, we'll make a really long story uh, longer, probably. Um, I just started doing some acting, and uh, I, was, I was living in Chicago at the time. Um, I started doing some acting in Chicago. Uh, my partner, Mike, was actually doing acting, too, but he and I didn't talk for like a decade. And then I moved to California. The last time I saw him was his bachelor party, the night before I moved to L.A. Um, so then we didn't see each other for forever. So I was in this really, really low-budget independent film called Frankenstein Day of the Beast. And it just so happened that this premiered at a uh, theater in Chicago that Mike's buddy was the projectionist at. And somebody left the film behind. And he, his buddy grabs it. They start watching the movie. And he's like, I swear to God, I recognize this guy. I know I know him. And his buddy's like, yeah, right, whatever. You know, he calls me. And he's like, I'm watching a Frankenstein movie. And I swear this is you. And I said, yeah, it's me. So one more story. He gets a job on a show on NBC. Uh, it gets canceled after one season. He flies out here to see everybody. We get together. Uh, we wind up doing a lockup when we were half in the bag at a, at a big party and everybody goes bananas. And the next day we're like, we got to write something. 
you know, that's, that's, and thus was the first day that we started writing the Manson Brothers Midnight Zombie Massacre. So that was the inspiration. That's the lengthy inspiration. For I got a question for Scott. Yes. I got a question for, hold on, Chris. I, I got plenty of questions for you, but Scott, have you seen that Frankenstein movie? Scott no. loves those movies. No, but I was going to ask you for the name of it again so I could watch it. It's called Frankenstein Day of the Beast. Is it on YouTube, uh, Tubi, or anything like that? I think it, I actually do think it's on Tubi. Yes. All right, we're gonna look that one up, man, and uh, we're gonna watch it. <laughs> Lord, your guys' movie was a lot of fun. Ah, uh, thank you very much. I appreciate mm -hmm. that. That's you know that's what we're going for when we make them. We're we you know I mean we want to make them well and we want to make them good, but entertaining and fun is the number one thing. Like that's that's our you know, kind of mantra of, of when we, when we come up with the ideas, they have to be fun. Um, so here's a question for you. Did okay. you have a lot of fun making the movie? Cause that oh my looks God. like a movie that would have been a blast to make. Well, so it's, it's funny cause I get asked this all the time because I'm, I'm a producer and I'm a writer and I do all that other crap. Uh, the 17 days of actually shooting the movie uh, were, you know, incredibly hard work and long hours. But it was an absolute blast from start to finish. And uh, in a film like that, when you've got guys like Randy Couture and Boss Rutten and, you know, a guy named Dave Meadows who plays the, you know, antagonist in the film who was a Navy SEAL sniper, um, you know, there's just a million alpha males on set. And yet everybody was just as cool and, and friendly. And, you know, I mean, it was, it was the best. I'm scared to do another one because I don't think it can ever be you know, like that type of cohesiveness on a set. Yeah, it was great. And a big part of that was Max Martini, who I'm sure you guys have heard of, who was yeah. our director who kind of, you know, gelled the whole thing. And um, yeah, it was it was awesome. It was a lot of fun. Well, how, how, how'd you guys get Adrian Pazdar and D.B. Sweeney? Uh, I mean, well, so... Um, <laughs> besides the obvious. <laughs> well, I mean, Max had all of the all of the connections because, you know, Max has been doing films and TV for 20 years. He's worked with every huge director there is. And he had done a pilot with, with DB a while back. And he's really good friends with Adrian for like 20 years. So, you know, he made phone calls and, hey, can you guys come and do it? And they snapped in. And, and those two guys, I will say this. They came, like DB showed up with the suit that he's got on. <laughs> he showed up with a toupee. He had a toupee made. He doesn't need one, but, but he had it anyway. And Adrian showed up with the with the canister. I mean, they they just showed up ready to roll into these characters. It was it was insane. Uh, and and I'll, I'll tell you what was really important about that too is, you know, I mean, I was the most novice guy on the whole on the whole film. Mike was probably number two, and it was so nice to have guys like that who are such great actors around us. You know, because the rising tide raises all the boats, and uh, it was it was really important. It was cool. I think that's what was so fun is every time you were watching it just around the corner there was someone else that you were like oh i know that guy and i know that guy and you're like what like i wasn't expecting these people in this film but it's awesome <laughs> yeah we were very fortunate to have that and, and again i mean i think you know i think one of the things that separates it from other films in in kind of the genre of whatever you want to call it zombie horror gore you know whatever is that we had you know a lot of names that were very good actors and you know i think it really assisted in the in the film itself so i'm proud of that and it was and listen, for me, it was super cool to just be acting with those guys, you know, in the same setup. Like, oh my god, uh, learned a lot. So, well, I'm going to be honest. I had to look you up because your acting was so good. Huh? Well, and I mean, I don't mean that to sound disparaging, but the, the truth was, I mean, it's kind of it was kind of a campy movie, and the, yeah. <laughs> the level of acting on it was solid. And you know, a lot of B movies don't really have a solid acting in it. I mean, yeah. you're, to me, the acting and the dialogue really lifted it to the next level. That's and one of the parts I'm the most proud of, you know, honestly, is, is the fact that I feel like it's a pretty well-acted film for, you know, again, myself and Mike aside, you know, we had great people. So. Well, in the dialogue, by the way, is hysterical. Yeah, I mean, it is. Thank really you. Is. Thank you. Well, uh, yeah, well, I mean, that was my I, question. I love the banter, but all sure. the scenes, like the scenes where in the, they're in the dressing room and the guy's sitting in the toilet and the, the banter back and forth. I'm assuming that's coming right from the wrestling environment. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, that's one of the things um, and, and you know, I, I watched the show a couple weeks ago, so so don't think that I'm in any way, shape or form offended. But, yeah. you know, <laughs> it is it, it, it kind of moves slowly in the beginning, but that's actually on purpose because what we were trying to do. And I'll get into this a little more bit more later, but, um, you know, we really wanted to build that kind of behind the scenes independent wrestling world because Mike and I had been in it so long. Yeah. And we felt like we needed to do that in order to kind of, you know, pull the curtain back a little bit and show that, you know, because I worked with guys like Greg Valentine and, and Coco Beware and, you know, Brutus Beefcake and all these guys. So every week, I'd, every week I'd be in a locker room, there'd be some, you know, older WWF star that would be there. And, and so we wanted to build that. Same, and But but yet the locker room, I mean, half the time we didn't even have locker rooms, you know, when we would when we would be working. So. You know, we really wanted to build that kind of independent feel to it without without making it like the wrestler or something like that, you know, and and um, it, it's a little bit of a, you know, one of our one of our Haley, you were talking about um, influences or, or, you know, that kind of thing uh, from Dust Till Dawn is a, is a, you know, one of my favorite movies of all time. OK, and if you pay attention to that movie, the, the entire first you know, hour of it is building up the brother and their relationship and how bad they are so that when all hell breaks loose, now they become, they're forcibly the good guys, right? Mm-hmm. And and you feel some kind of connection. Um, and it was important for us to build the rest of the guys up a little bit too in, so that the, the you know, the deaths were a little bit more impactful. So well, that's the, the kind of plotting uh, opening of the film. <laughs> the dwarf, I thought we we're going to have a little dwarf zombie. So I was really surprised when he died. Oh, yeah. He was killed over and he was gone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we don't so know. Well, Chris, let me, let me tell you um, just to kind of pad the room here. You're talking to Scott, Rich, Bethany, and Alan, who all write zombie books. Ah, okay. <laughs> So they were, I mean, if there was any, you know, kind of eh about it, it's because there weren't enough zombie killing uh, craziness in it. Well, so I, I'm not one to make excuses, but let me, let me tell you that when you're making a, a low-budget film, and this would be considered probably a higher-budget, low-budget film, um, it's, it's, uh, you don't have a lot of money for, for visual effects and things like that. So we decided instead of, you know, having a ton of them, we'd have the ones that we did have be as impactful as possible. So I would agree, though, I would have had more zombies. And by the way, I don't like sprinting zombies. And that bugged me about our film. With the uh, the makeup and it, honestly, it was gooey. It was definitely a gooey yeah. movie. So I, yeah. that's another question is uh, how. You know, for a high budget, low budget film, mm-hmm. how much did you spend on the goo? Because <laughs> that was just that was doing I a should, lot of it. I should know this because I'm a producer, but uh, I, I wasn't paying attention to budgets at that time, unfortunately. <laughs> but 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 we did. You know, I, I will say this: every single guy on this film that you saw on camera worked for scale. Not one of them took the regular rate. Um, so you know, they came in and did favors, and so we were able to save a ton of money on talent and we put that on screen in other capacities. So, um, yeah, that was, uh, by the way, everybody who's writing in, I'll get to all your questions. I promise. Um, as we go, uh, well, I was expecting but, that. Have you ever seen that movie where it's a uh, Dracula, uh, Frankenstein fighting all these monsters fighting and it's horrible. And so that's what I was expecting when I watched this, you know, just from the title alone. And it, I was, yeah. surprised. I was surprised. No, I, I was surprised. And I think I said that, you know, I was surprised. It, it was a better movie than I expected it to be. You know? I hear that. And a lot. it was Alan's pick. Yeah. <laughs> Alan picked it. Yeah. So so it's interesting. I this is a question that I have to ask of you guys. I assume that when you do this show, you're kind of looking for the biggest turd you can find uh to to basically, you know, kind of poke oh, fun at it. Or no, no, no. No. Sometimes okay. sometimes we'll get like uh Sharkenstein. Yeah. I mean, yeah. which is you know, there's that's just ripe, you know. But other times sure. we'll just this one was a fun movie, so I thought I'd throw it out there and everybody would enjoy it, and they they did well, to various degrees, you know. So well, get ready because when we do uh, uh, vampire death match, it's going to be something. Yeah, <laughs> well, we're gonna looking forward to it. It's going to make that. It's going to make that look like uh, Pride and Prejudice. So 
and not Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, the regular Pride and Prejudice. So I gotta say, so, I like I was trying so hard to find that vampire one, and I didn't realize it was in pre-production. And I tasked yeah. my boyfriend with trying to find it, and this poor guy spent yeah. all day trying to find this movie. And I was like, "This is your one job," and he's like, "I can't find it." You will not find <laughs> it. It caused a big disruption in my house today. Oh well, I'm sorry to hear that. No, 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 it's good. It's good. I don't want that to be because like, of me. No, no, he's like it's pre-production. I was like, okay, all right, you're fine. <laughs> I wasn't part of the watching party, but I'm guessing the consensus was it was a slow roll is what everybody was saying. For me, it wasn't. I, I came at it whenever I heard it was a wrestling movie mixed with zombies like, and started watching it. I was fascinated from the beginning, honestly, because I love wrestling and I love zombie stuff. And the part when the great Ch- Chorizo actually <laughs> turns like with those three assholes or whatever, Oh yeah! I'm like that's just amazing, <laughs> and that last look he gives whenever he looks up, like that—that—that that, that was awesome. I love that. So, are, are any of you guys country music fans? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Country music. Did any of you recognize the 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 greediest of all the assholes? By the way, no, I did not. No, no. That is Jay Demarcus from Rascal Flatts. Oh, oh, no. <laughs> no. No. Yeah, who, who wrote? Who, by the way, wrote all of our music and all of the score for the film? Wow! Um, How'd you yeah. get him? How'd you get him? Uh, another oh, thing, you know, the guy wants to get into acting, and Max knew him. They had done some stuff together, and he made one phone call, and Jay was on a plane to come play. Uh, uh, God, what the hell's his name? Now I'm drawing a blank. Ah, killing me. He did a great job of being an actor. Oh, <laughs> by the way, and, and what's funny is Jay is the nicest guy you would ever want to meet. And I'll, I'll, if you guys want to hear another long story, I'll tell you a really good one. Um, but he's such a great asshole. It's unbelievable on camera. I mean, like, if you met him, you could not believe he could even do that. So, Tell us a story. Yeah, tell us a story. So at one point in time, I walk in, and we're all at Video Village. There's three of us, and we're around the cage, right? And there's Jay DeMarcus sitting in his chair. He's covered in blood from the scene where he's just got ripped to shreds. And Dave Meadows, who plays Carson – the crippler Murdoch uh, is standing right next to him. And I'm in there sitting on a bench, like, you know, sweating my ass off because I'm wearing leather the whole time and, and just trying to catch my breath and get something. And, and they start talking and Dave says, Oh, Hey man, I, I heard you from Nashville. And he says, Oh yeah. Yeah. And Dave says, Oh, well, is there any work down there? And Jay's like, oh, you know, not much. I'm, I'm kind of, you know, kind of half trying to get into this. And he's like, Oh, you do something else. He's like, yeah, I'm, I'm in the music business, you know, and, and so Dave's like, oh, what do, you, what do you play? And he's like, well, I kind of play everything, but I play bass. You know, I'm in a band. And he's like, oh, what do you guys do, like local pubs and stuff like that? And he's like, no, no, no. And, and he's like, well, so what, like theaters? And he's like, no. He's like, kind of bigger venues than that. And Dave's like, well, what's the name of your band? And he goes, uh, Rascal Flats. And Dave goes, <laughs> Like the Rascal Flats, and he's like, yeah, the Rascal Flats. And he's like, what's your name? He's like, Rascal Flats is my favorite band. You know, I'm like, well, how do you not know this guy then? If it's your favorite band, so anyway, it was, it was like this chance meeting of, of you're my favorite band, but I have no idea. It'd be like if I met Bruce Dickinson from Iron Maiden and had you know no idea who the hell he was. You know, oh, you're in a band, huh? What are you guys playing the pubs? Um, so. Funny Jay DeMarcus story, but Jay is an awesome dude and a great actor. Uh, yeah, he was he was great. The wardrobe was it like intentional? Because like in the in the zombie attacks and things of this nature, leather would probably be the most critical thing to wear to fight, fend off bots and stuff. It was not intentional. It was only intentional in the sense that um, you know the idea was we were kind of. <laughs> this sounds stupid, so. We were kind of trying to create this like low level superhero look and a reason for the guys to be in the wrestling gear the whole movie. So it's why we set it, you know, inside the arena when we're getting ready to do it so nobody has any time to change or anything like that. Obviously, as you go along, subconsciously we figure out, yeah, it's great to have the jackets on, right? Because nobody can bite through that. Although Boss Rutten bit all the way through my jacket when we're in the scene in the hallway and actually punctured skin. Oh, man. Um, that's how that's how like method bosses. Uh, if you want to know about another great actor, he's the guy's unbelievable and one of the toughest men on the planet. Um, but yeah, so it, it didn't really work all that well. <laughs> but but that was the that was the plan. So so tell me about the spooky mask. 
Oh, uh, well, what would you like to know about them? I want to know more about the spooky mask. And well, was it the just idea a toss away? <laughs> uh, no. So the original intention, again, I, I was mentioning the Santo and Blue Demon uh, films from, from way back when. So Mike and I thought, okay, nobody's ever going to go see a movie with two complete unknown idiots as the leads, right? So we cooked up this idea that we would wear masks the entire film until the very end, the last 30 seconds of the movie. So there is a, there's an exact replica of the blue and silver ones that are black and white that match the, the Manson Brothers colors. And the idea was going to be that we're in the masks the whole time. Even if we go to a restaurant, whatever, we're constantly wearing masks. We, would, we were going to do these parts like the shower scene. They weren't going to show our faces. And then we'd turn around and have the masks on. Um, so we're in rehearsals, and we're like three days from shooting. And we've been rehearsing without the masks the whole time. And finally, I said, you know, we should really put the masks on um, so we can kind of get used to this, right? We put the masks on. We do the first rehearsal. And I look over at Max Martini, who's the director, and he's just like this. And I look at him, and I'm like, what's wrong? He's like, all the comedy is gone. There's no facial expressions. We got to come up with something different. So the, the, the point of it originally was I was still going to get those silver and blue masks and come back. And the, idea, and, the, and the masks are literally the exact same pattern, everything. And the idea was that, that Mike's character would be pissed off because we have these new masks that actually look exactly the same. They're just different colors. Um, but without being able to emote and things like that, the, the comedy was wrecked. And so we, we scrapped it and rewrote the whole thing in three days uh, to not have masks. So. So, but, but the idea, to answer your question, is that nobody really knows if they do have any mystic action going on or not. That's kind of the point. And in subsequent films, et cetera, which we've already written, uh, we, we dig a little bit deeper into that. So that's great. Ooh. I was going to say, the zombies kind of Subsequent films? Uh, we, we have... Um, we have a couple of scripts and a, uh, a, sh- a series kind of pegged out. Um, awesome. Based around all of it. So very cool. That's exciting. I yeah. I can't wait for Santanic vampire. <laughs> yeah, there, it's uh, I can tell you um, the, the gore level is up to the nth degree. And unlike the first film, we don't really have to develop the characters too much. So it's just kind of a pardon my French fucking roller coaster from minute one. So um, yeah. Yeah. Is it going to be it, uh, like a? It, sorry, is it going to be like a continuation kind of from this one, like the same type characters moving oh, yeah, in this yeah, universe? Absolutely, yes, yes. absolutely. All right. Yeah. One of the cool things, so you know, give you a little inside baseball. We never actually wrote the comic book part. Huh. We had we had instead shot this entire kind of uh, montage of us from our young careers, moving our way up, winning the championships, and then subsequently my character just going on a downward spiral, getting arrested, going to jail, getting kicked out and all this thing. And we got a call about two weeks after, you know, we shot from Max and he's like, this is just is not working. And he had this idea. He's like, I want to set it around a comic book and make it. This is the first of the series of the comic books. And we're like, Oh my God, that's awesome. So we were never even involved in anything that had to do with shooting the comic book scenes. The first time we saw it was the first time we screened the movie. But uh, I thought it came out great. And actually, it really does a, a wonderful job of kind of creating, I hate to use the term universe because it's so overused, but um, of creating a little, plus it gives you a ton of flexibility with what you can do when it's a comic book and it's not, you know, quote unquote, real life. So You guys are kind of like the evil Princess Bride type of concept. <laughs> <laughs> and it worked. Yeah, it's cool. No, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. Good work. You guys had a really good... Uh, 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 camaraderie, camaraderie. I can't speak mm-hmm. on this. You and uh, my that was great. Ah, thank you. you. Know, you well, Mike and I have been friends for a long time, so that yeah. you know, fortunately, it it, it comes uh, you know kind of naturally. Um, and and I was happy that it worked out, honestly. So, and he does a very good job. You know, my character is a lot closer to my personality. You know, he has to actually play a bumbling idiot all the time. Uh, which, Mike, if you're watching, is somewhat close to your personality. Um, but, but uh, you know, yeah, he's he, he just does a great job. I mean, he's awesome at kind of playing that, you know, goofy character. He nailed it. He really did. It was great. So did you. You guys, you work really well together, actually. Thank you very much. 
That's you know the idea is to kind of make it like you know, not like Dumb and Dumber, you know, but 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 the whole concept is basically like hit a, hit a comedy, hit a hit an idea. The one thing we really wanted to do was not make it like, you know, we didn't want to make the zombie parts comedy. You know what I mean? Like we wanted the we wanted the gore to be gory, the action to be intense, but then the you know the comedy bits kind of uh, unintentional, I guess, more like conversation. Like the comedic relief, pretty much. Yeah, exactly. Give you a little downtime. Yeah, the banter between you two was one of the best parts of the film. Uh, mm -hmm. Thank you very well, much. It, it's a delicate balance to find that kind of comedy that works in horror. Yeah, and I think I that y'all were onto something. And I'm going to say, and you probably heard me say this um, on our show, but I love the fact that y'all use real makeup effects. Yeah. I, I really feel like FX is overdone. And unless you have a huge budget, it's just lost. But the art of real makeup in horror is just amazing. And it, yeah, it, our, it our makeup team and effects team did an incredible job. I mean, I, I can't say enough about the entire crew uh, that worked on this film. I mean, if you would have seen the place that we got to be an arena, it was, it was an abandoned middle school cafeteria that they turned into an arena. <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it, I, everybody was on, there were times I would, I would go to video village you know, and see it on the monitors, and then I'd walk into the room and be like, this is not the same room, you know, it, it didn't, but on camera, I mean, that's why they call it movie magic, you know, it's, and, and it's as much about that stuff as it is about the acting or the writing or whatever, because if that stuff falls down, the whole movie just, pardon my French, takes a crap, um, and everybody just did, I mean, half of our guys went on to do a $100 million Tom Hanks movie after they were done, you know, and, and so it was, it was like, you know, it was unbelievable. So, so was a lot of the movie filmed in a school or was it just uh, like that cafeteria area? Almost the entire movie is, well, no, the entire movie with the exception of the scene where I go to get the masks is <laughs> shot in that abandoned middle school. Oh, wow. so we shot the film in a, in a town called uh, Española, New Mexico, which is about 45 minutes outside of Santa Fe. <laughs> And uh, it's one of the poorest cities in America. And so the, you know, and it's got a huge drug problem, just tons of stuff. And so the mayor kind of welcomed us in with open arms to rehab, um, you know, this school because they were getting ready to turn it into a lowrider museum of all things. Uh, so we came in, did all that stuff. I mean, you know, and, and we, we really poked a lot of money into the, into the local infrastructure. Um, like one night, you know, we, we were shooting, it was 2.30 in the morning. And our producer had called the local Domino's and said, if you'll stay open, we'll order 300 pizzas. But we got to order them at like one in the morning. He's like, we're open. You know, so, uh, yeah, it's just, it was incredible the stuff these guys did. Going back to the comedy aspect of it, I told you this before, but there was a scene that literally had me giggling like I seen my first boob. And <laughs> like I and said, that's the was, biggest compliment anybody. Can <laughs> and it was literally the it was the scene when Skull was dying, and he confesses <laughs> to a uh, Stone that on his twenty uh, fifth yes. birthday he bought yeah. him a prostitute, but it was a male. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I was like, that was one of the funniest things. I've nothing ever is off limits for the Manson brothers. Sadly, uh, we've heard about that one a few times too. So. Um, well, Chris, I'll I'll tell you this. I think that you're going to find that, f f especially with this group, the more we watch the movie, the more we love it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, it's funny. I, even I have said that when I watch it is is you. I, and one of the things that I think is too that I tell people is watch it with the subtitles on because you'll start picking up on stuff that you don't really see. And and so you know, like I'm a well. I've got a bone to pick with somebody on the, about last week's episode that I only watched a little bit of, but um, I'm going to bring up something so I won't. It won't be a dead giveaway. But Mike and I are real big fans of, as you can tell, dialogue because that's what we write a lot of. But we like it to be, you know, conversational where you almost kind of step on each other some of the time versus like I say something, I wait for you, you say something. You know, it's kind of kind of machine gun like, and you tend to you tend to lose a lot of things in that. And we would notice that when we'd watch screenings, people would laugh and then there'd be another funny comment right behind it and they'd totally miss out on it, right? So, um, yeah, I think it's I think it's a good rewatchable. Uh, and I think it kind of ages well when you do that, so. For anybody that hasn't watched it, there's a very poetic scene in it that is probably one of the best transformation scenes I've ever seen. And that was when Stone's girlfriend turned. Oh. 
That, that broke scene. my heart. Oh, a little bit of sadness in the comedy. Yeah, yeah, that scene though was amazing. Like the music playing, and then her seeing, through, looking through her eyes of everything changing, and then you just immediately ring your fucking bell with a literal bell. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah but how about the other one that, that coughed or whatever, and bam! <laughs> yeah. I love that. That was, that was great. It's like wow. uh, so. When I'm when I'm smashing the bell, uh, it's a it's a um, CPR dummy, right? That we're doing it on, yeah. and uh, it's hard plastic. So the first time, oh, no. I, you know, I got my finger wrapped around that bell. So the first time I come down, boom! I mean, I dropped. I thought I broke. I thought I cut my finger off. You know, it was like it was. That's the worst pain I had throughout the whole thing. Other than when Mike O'Hearn beats the shit out of me uh, against the cage, that was that was, worse. and the wrestling parts. Oh my god. So. But I like that scene too, and, and I and I, um, uh, I feel bad. Karen Corona, who's the actress that plays uh, my girlfriend, which you know, Karen and Corona, the last few years is just not a good combination, yeah. sadly. Um, but 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 Karen is a supremely talented actor. First off, uh, and and she's great physical. It's a funny story. They brought in a stunt woman for her. And the stunt woman really wasn't pulling off the stuff. And she went to Max and said, hey, I can do it myself. And so everything you see in there is her doing the stunts. And she was insane. She was she was really great. So That's great. And she gave me a black eye, too, <laughs> from the fight. Were there a lot of stunt people involved in that? So it's funny. We did actually have a ton of stunt people involved. Um, uh I sat in the first day of the production meetings and I looked at the line items and I saw a stunt guy for me for 17 scenes. I won't tell you how much that costs, but it's a ton of money. And I was like, you do not need this guy. I can, you know, I was a wrestler. I can do this stuff myself. I did 16 out of 17 stunts and they wouldn't let me do the last one. And it's literally like a nanosecond you see it on camera. Um, but it was a potential uh, concussion and that shuts down production for a couple of days automatically. So, you know, yeah. I don't want to have people out of work. Okay. Oh, nice. Fair enough. Wow. Nice. So what was the scene they wouldn't let you do? <laughs> so if you remember in the hallway when Boss is bleeding and we're all standing there and, and yeah. he comes after me, it's the part where he actually tackles me and you see the guy flying in the air before we go to the ground. Um, yeah. And it was because of concussion chance. So um, off I went. So. I'm still a little upset about it because I wish I could say I did all of them completely, uh, but it's not that important. Yeah, we won't. We, but to answer your question, we did have a lot of stunt guys, and they're great stunt guys, um, including my good friend Freddie Joe Farnsworth, who is our stunt coordinator. And and Freddie Joe's been on. If you guys have seen Overlord, uh, he was the military um, coordinator for Overlord. Uh, there's a there's a great video on YouTube um, of uh, Kurt Russell's kid talking about what Freddie Joe put them through. Uh, for military training, you should watch it. It's very funny. Um, but yeah, he's a great friend of mine, and, and we had some great stunt guys on the, you know, on the entire thing. Um, if you recall the cage scene at the end where everybody runs by us, uh, that was supposed to be like the coup de gras moment of the film, where it's kind of like, you know, now you're locked in the cage with the Manson brothers, and this is our house. Uh, but we needed like 20 stunt guys, and that cost a fortune, and we didn't have it in the budget, so we had to make some changes. I think it came out okay anyway. But, yeah, yeah. I, lo I love that part. Like, it's just a, like the what the fuck in your expressions was <laughs> worth it. <laughs> I got to say, for this movie, um, I know normally with watching Weird, it's Hadley, Scott, Rich, and Alan. Like, you guys do these movies and come together. And this was the first movie, Chris, that we all, as a weird group, got to watch together as a watch party. Oh, and on. I feel like this was one of the best films for us to choose to do, for Alan to choose for us to do this. Because you have, like, you have that just, like, almost cult movie class build up that you're, like, years down the road, we're going to be like, oh, yeah, you guys see that movie? Oh, I know that movie. Like, I have a... Yeah, like, we're going to have to God's ears, my dear. Yeah, but, like, you have the you have the action, you have the gore. Some of us went a little more gore, but we'll get it later. <laughs> yes, you, but, yes, you will. Yeah, and you have the romance, you have the fun, just banter back and forth. I feel like this was such a good movie 
for us to have that first watch party on and for you to reach out. I got to say, like, I'm so excited to be able to talk to you right now. I'm like shaking. I'm uh, so excited right now. Well, don't be that way. Trust me. It's not that exciting. <laughs> Ask my but wife. I, she can tell you. <laughs> but like, this is just really fun. And I, I, and Hadley put this all together. And I think this is just a great way for all of us, all of us to get together. And I want to thank your, you and your movie for doing all of this to bring us all together to do that. Because I, I think this is just that. a fun thing to start for all of us to be doing. Especially in this crazy ass world with everything going on, you know, uh, we have heard on often. So we wrote this movie in 2014, um, long before the pandemic, long before there was any, you know, Chinese virus that was coming along. Uh, but we've had people say, oh, you hijacked the virus idea and stuff like that. And we're like, no, 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 no. You know, it's almost like the Simpsons or something. We, we, if it would have come out pre-pandemic, we would have predicted it, sadly. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really glad you guys watched. Actually, it's funny. That, that kind of brings me to my story of how I stumbled upon this. Uh, you guys, actually, if you don't mind indulging me to tell us. Oh, no, sure. no, you're the guest. So two weeks ago, so we, we have a show on, uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with JoeBlow.com, um, the, the movie horror movie review site, or it's actually just a movie review site. But it's one of the biggest ones out there on the web. They've got hundreds of thousands of subscribers. Yeah. <clears throat> so they actually did the original review on the film uh, and gave us like an 8 out of 10. I mean, they were it was over the moon, and it really helped catapult us. So we, we kind of started developing a relationship with them. And they were spinning off. Their horror division is called Arrow in the Head, and it's arrowinthehead.com. So they were spinning off an Arrow in the Head YouTube channel, and they asked us to do a show in character um, for the YouTube channel. Uh, thank you very much, Max. <laughs> um, uh, so we've been doing this, this show for about 20 some weeks, probably five or six months. And, um, every time, you know, we do a show, I log in to see what the, the views are like. And I just so happened to log in on Thursday night to see where our views were at because we do the show on Wednesday and I'm typing in Manson brothers show. And down at the very bottom of all the Manson brothers things, it says Manson brothers sequel. And I'm like, who in the hell is talking about a sequel? So I click on it, and it, the first thing that popped up is your show, and it was just over. Like, it had been over for like a half hour. So I was like, well, I better check this out. So I immediately clicked on it, started watching, uh, and I just was having a good time watching it the whole time. So uh, I decided to leave a comment. <laughs> so I, but I really, But to that point, I really appreciate you guys, you know, reviewing it. And one of the coolest things that I found throughout this whole process, even good, bad, good reviews, bad reviews, is, you know, there's a community out there of people who now review movies that don't, you know, it's not like Siskel and Ebert where the Manson Brothers is going up against, you know, um, uh, Schindler's List, right? And, and, they're, and they're judging every film on the same merits. You know, there's people out there that love this kind of content. And those are the and, and people out there that hate it too. I mean, listen, you know, there's there's people that think the movie's awful, um, but the people who really dig this kind of content have been very positive about it, and that's cool to see that, that there's so many people out there that actually do movie reviews. Guys like yourself who you know have been more than gracious to uh, let an idiot like me on their show and babble. And you just you know, hadn't watched enough of our shows. So. <laughs> well, yeah, you guys know me. Like, I, I'm like an hour and a half in, so, you know, I feel great. <laughs> we but, love it. Like Bethany said, we love having you on here. Well, thank you very much. One other thing. I watched last week's show. Somebody on here was bad-mouthing John Carpenter, I think. Or, oh, I, I can't remember who it was. Yeah. That, was uh, <laughs> that wasn't me and Alan. <laughs> <laughs> that was Rich, was Rich, not was it me, you? Chris. It was not me. It was not. Okay. No. All right. I know who it was. <clears throat> so I'm just going to tell you that like four of my five favorite movies of all time are Carpenter movies. I'll let you guess which ones they are. Oh, uh, we and, need and to listen. have a beer. I need to have a beer with you. Oh. The thing has got to be your favorite Carpenter film. <laughs> no, but it is in my top five. Uh, Tony's a rat. Tony, you're a rat, man. <laughs> Alan, was that you? Yeah, it was yes, it was. I, Chris, I love John Carpenter. I just feel he gets these ideas. They're cool ideas, too, you know? They're like things when you're a kid, you know, you'd like to see, you oh, know, right. uh, cowboys and vampires, you know? Yep. Okay. And he, he gets involved, and then he stops. 
And he, he's like, you know what? There's something over there I want to do. So these movies just kind of go, I mean, with the exception of the thing, uh, Halloween, Big Trouble in Little China is its own. Its own you didn't like The Fog? The Fog, um, what a great flick. Um, no, I will tell you, I, I, Alan, here's one thing I will admit to you. I will tell you, Alan, I, and, and people are going to crucify me for this. I am not a fan of Big Trouble in Little China. No! no I'm not no. Oh, Chris, you broke my heart. I'm sorry. But on that note, I will give you my top five films all right. of all time. Actually, I'm going to give you my top four. Uh, the, the first three, I cannot put in any particular order. It just depends on the day. So I'll start. Escape from New York. Uh, from Dust Till Dawn, as I mentioned before. And Assault on Precinct 13. The original, not that remake yes. piece of shit. That came out later, right. and then number four would be the thing. That's my. That's my. As a matter of fact, this year I got to go take my daughter to see the thing in a movie theater, and I had never seen it in a theater before myself. That's on great. Father's Day of all things, and it was like the greatest experience of all time. Yeah, that's so funny, Chris, because five? my son took me on Father's Day to see it. Oh, really? And, and when he turned like thirteen, it's a ritual at our house to watch the thing. Yeah, I'd and he always it. he said, "I never saw the big screen, Dad." I want to go see it. I'm going to take you. And because yeah. I was, a, I was probably 19 when it came out, and I went to the movies and saw it. And I didn't know it wasn't a hit because my buddies no. all loved it. We all we saw it like three, four times. You know, so it wasn't a hit because ET had come out like the year before, and everybody wanted the you know the touchy feely kind of alien. Yeah. They didn't want the shape shifting alien that was going to you know turn you into a guy with a crab hand or whatever. And you know, <laughs> oh. I'm going to defend Alan for a moment. I think what he means is they kind of fizzle out, unlike yeah. the Manson Brother Midnight Zombie Massacre, which <laughs> <right back>. <laughs> <laughs> you guys put together a better cohesive movie than some of Carpenter's movies. Uh, wow. And and I'm not saying that because you're right there, but I appreciate that very much. But you had a beginning, middle, and end. You know, some of his movies have a beginning, a middle, and you know what? The guy dies. And <laughs> nothing's resolved. Well, I mean, but you got to keep in mind that, that you know his biggest influences are like Rio Bravo and yeah. things like that. Where well, he's constantly where, remaking Rio Bravo, you know. Well, and and you may or may not notice this from the film, but like my favorite thing in the world is the uh, is the antihero, you know, kind of guy. So Snake Plissken, Seth Gecko, um, R.J. McCready, you know, guys like that. Uh, uh, Napoleon jo Johnson from from Assault on Precinct Thirteen, you know, almost kind of the original. Um, I love movies like that, and and you know that's real Bravo, right? So, well, isn't that like your tagline, like rooting for the bad guys? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's time to root for the bad guys. So, yeah. Uh, so to be what's honest with you, number five. You said well, four. What's five? Number number five again depends on the day, but I will say it's probably the original Halloween because that's yeah. a good choice. Yeah. But like, I love Halloween three too, you know, and and I love the fog, and I, I I'm just you know I'm I'm a I'm a Horror movie idiot and and that kind of thing. So I kind of well, like it. You're in the right place. In the right place. <laughs> and but then again, Dawn, you know, Dawn of the Dead, the original Dawn of the Dead, is absolutely one of my you know favorite films ever. Um, from from dusk to dawn is is one of my all time favorites. Mm -hmm. oh, so kudos for that. That and, movie from the get go, the minute I and the minute I saw that live, you know, George Clooney had only been on ER, right? So everybody knew him as the nice doctor guy, and I was like, this guy is going to be a movie star. It was, it was obvious. So. so you can see a lot of inspiration from that in your film, the whole brotherhood, the whole kind of first half of the movie building up with the brotherhood, and then the action yep. starts like. That was a huge influence of ours. Yeah, one hundred percent. So you know, people we, who are fans of Don are of um, uh, oh my gosh, from dust till dawn. Yes, thank you. Sorry, too much whiskey. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, like people who are fans of that will definitely be. Okay. Now I'm jealous. Now I, I I don't have my whiskey that I would usually have on one of these. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's it's my night. I get it. So what kind of whiskey? If you don't mind me, asking. Jack Daniels. I'm a I'm a Jack uh -huh. girl. Yeah, right. classic. Here's <laughs> Mark like when you. I'm feeling fancy. <laughs> Oh, see, I go gentleman Jack when I'm feeling fancy. There you go. Oh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> wow. 
Somebody yeah. had made the connection of uh, saying that it was in the same vein of as like Tucker and Dale versus Evil. I would I would put it up there. Like that's probably one of my favorite movies. And I this think movie I like it better than Tucker and Dale. In that it's, same category. I have heard that a lot. It's funny, and I had never seen that movie until after I started hearing that. So I went and watched it. Um, I really enjoyed that movie from the yeah, standpoint that. You know, everything bad is happening and nothing is really is bad going on. Like, I thought that was such a awesome undertone for that whole movie. Uh, they, they just did a great job on that film. I love that. But well, I'll put this right up there with it for sure. Well, How did you fund the film? How did we fund it? How did you fund it? Yeah. Uh, well, it only took like five years um, of, of toiling and doors getting slammed in our faces and uh, all these things. <clears throat> Here's a, uh, there you go, Stoli. All right. Probably the best value in all of alcohol, by the way, is Stoli. Um, by the way, people remind me of the stuff you ask in case I forget. One person asked when I wrestled. Uh, it was between 1997 and 2002. Um, I guarantee, unless you are a fan of Midwest Independent Wrestling, you will not know who I am. Uh, everything I did is on VHS. That's how long ago it was. I did one show for the WWF when it was still the WWF. So, um, oh, funding. <clears throat> so another funny story. Uh, we had raised about a third of what we wound up making the movie for, and we were going to shoot the film in Chicago. So I flew in to do some casting to do this thing completely independent. We had some great people. I, I fly home, I wake up the next day to an email from my partner to all the people that we had auditioned. You guys were great. We're going to do this movie. And I'm like, oh, no. So I call him up and I'm like, dude, you cannot send an email out like that. And he's like, what are you talking about? They were great. I said, what if Max Martini calls us tomorrow and says, you know, he wants to make the movie. Then we're going to have to tell all these people that they can't be in it because totally different. He's like, ah, that's never going to happen. No bullshit. One day later, he calls me and says, are you sitting down? And I'm like, no. Tell me what you're going to tell me. He's like, Max just called me. And he got a three-movie deal from the distributor. And he didn't like the first one. He said, I got two guys that have a way better movie. They said, go make the movie. So Awesome. Nice. After, after five years of toiling, you know, it, it, I mean, listen, again, it's not, a, it's not a massive budget by any means. I mean, it, by Hollywood terms, it's low. By the terms of a lot of the films that we're talking about, it is not. Um, but, uh, you know, we, we, were, we were just very fortunate. It's, it's kind of funny because it's not like we were lucky. You know, we worked at it for five years. Um, but, you know, we kind of got that break that we really needed, and uh, uh, it helped out a lot. And, again, you know, got us, got us a bunch of talent we'd have never had in a million years. So That's great. Now it works. Definitely. But it sucks. I mean, listen, we so we were – we were funded and ready to go um, for number two. Uh, um, I was three weeks from moving to New Orleans to shoot the second one, and the pandemic hit. And the company that um, – and we were going to make it for double the budget. And the company that financed it uh, not only um, went out of business, but they stole all of our portion of the money. So we're in oh, a lawsuit right now. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. The good times in the movie industry. <laughs> so, are you going to film in New Orleans? Uh, no, it's looking like Vancouver, but we're not 100% sure yet. So, we are awaiting final word. Uh, I will, uh, another, another good story, though, is this the original was supposed to be in Chicago. Uh, Max had just done a movie in New, in, uh, in New Mexico and said, Oh, no, we're not shooting in Chicago. We're shooting in New Mexico. So Mike and I had like three weeks to rewrite the entire movie around New Mexico uh, and then move there and, you know, start shooting a movie. But I will tell you, uh, I love New Mexico. I lived there for two months. It's a magical place. The people and the talent there are unbelievable, especially the crews that they have there. Um, it, it's just a it's a wonderful place to, to do films for sure. So I know Rich talked about your inspiration for the movie. What actually prompted you to go from wrestling to I'm going to write a script? Like what? Um, <laughs> Where did that happen? I had written a script a long time ago that I lost, believe it or not. Oh, no. Um, after I got out of, uh, I, I actually have the hard drive and the guy couldn't recover it from the hard drive, which is oh. killing me. Um, but after, after I got out of wrestling, I got married and, you know, my wife and I had a child. 
Um, and one day I was just super bored. And there used to be this thing called the Chicago Reader, which was just like, you know, free rag that you could get around town. And I was flipping through it in the back. There was an open casting call for something. So I went on this audition. Um, I hated every second of it. I was like, oh, my God, this is awful. But in that time, I had submitted my stuff to somebody else. And uh, I went in and did an audition and I got a call back for it. Um, and I, I, I came in second for the part and the director told me, I only gave it to the other guy because uh, he looked the part more than you did. But he's like, don't quit acting, keep going, you know? So I, I was like, kept forging ahead. And, and then, you know, like I said, when Mike and I got, you know, when I saw Mike again in California, we just decided, you know, we have to write, like we were never going to audition our way into leading roles. We needed to write something for ourselves. And that was really, you know, the impetus was let's write a story that's, you know, sadly about us. That's, Sounds as egotistical as possible, but, you know, in this day and age in the movie industry and in independent movies, I mean, you kind of have to wear every hat or you'll drown, you know, and, and so it was a big part of it. All right. So for we got four zombie writers here. Why did you? Pick, <laughs> why, zombies? why did we pick zombies? Well, uh, it's actually pretty easy. Um, we figured like we needed a Venn diagram of the two biggest demographics we could get. Right. And, and that was zombies and wrestling. So we're like, okay, what, what's the hottest stuff? Um, and this, again, think back, this was 2014. So like The Walking Dead was huge, you know, all that kind of stuff was going. Um, and we figured that's the biggest carryover. So we, we went audience-based. <laughs> Thank you, Max. <laughs> uh, hey, hey, Chris, yeah, so. when did your movie really start to take off? You know, when did it really start to get a following? Well, so, so we shot it in 2019. We wrapped um, like almost a year ago now in 2019. But we hadn't picked a uh, – that's exactly right, Max. Write what you know. That's that's another thing that helps. And the more you know your characters, the easier the dialogue is. That's yeah. that's a biggie. I'm sure you guys know that. Um, but we had uh, – you know, we had wrapped in 2019. We were, we were negotiating with a lot of distributors, and then the pandemic hit. So we decided to sit on it because we figured that nobody was going to be making movies for at least six months. And, and, you know, when we would, re we could release this whenever we wanted to so that there was no competition for it whatsoever. Um, and so I think that really helped us get, get a following cause there wasn't a whole, there wasn't a whole lot of other productions out there. Um, and, and, you know, uh, Mike and I do festivals and that kind of thing. So we've kind of picked up a little grassroots following from that, you know, of, of you know, meeting people and, we try to be as engaging as possible, despite our personality flaws. Um, so, yeah, just, you know, and it seems like everybody we talk to, though, wants to see a sequel. So we, we were lucky to find kind of partners that are ready to do that as well. I want to see a fucking saga. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. I almost, I almost forgot my other shameless plug. <laughs> so what about the Elvis movie? Uh, well, <laughs> that's don't even get started on that. That's actually a documentary or mini series, and it's kind of a um, it's 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 dead in the water at the moment. Uh, okay. But it's a well, very intriguing well, idea. Uh, quite well, I'm interested in, in like hearing Elvis more. Meets the zombies. <laughs> By the way, have you guys seen Agent Elvis on Netflix? If you're into Elvis, no. no oh my! Oh my God! It's so good. You you have you have to watch it. It's a cartoon. It's animation. And Matthew McConaughey voices Elvis, but he's a secret agent, and it's fucking great. <laughs> well, Chris, I cannot thank you enough for doing our little show. And yeah, this has been a blast. I, I apologize for like commandeering the entire show, but no, well, no, that's what we wanted. <laughs> we wanted to hear you talk, and um, anytime it, you want to come back, anything you want to plug, always let us know. You got an open to, door sure. here. We would love to see you back. And if I, I missed anybody's know, questions that wrote in, I apologize. I'm really sorry. Yeah, I was gonna take a few minutes and ask if anybody had a question for you to speak yeah, up now. For sure. But yeah, um, we're super excited that you contacted us at all. Um, well, again, I really appreciate you guys reviewing the film. That kind of stuff for us, you know, is is fantastic because it, it gets it out there to more people that get a chance to see it, um, you know, and, and we love interacting with everybody and, and, you know, particularly people who have watched the film, good or bad. You know, it's it's always 
it's always fun. And listen, it isn't a perfect movie. No movie is, except maybe like Shawshank Redemption or, yeah. or Escape from New York. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of... In an Escape from New York, the president was foreign, you know, which that can't happen. So, like, even it has its flaws. Um, <laughs> oh, Mike. Alan, I'm not taking your seat from me, man. <laughs> no matter what. Hey, Chris, can you keep us updated on your sequel? Because we're you, really... Linda. We would love to see your sequel. So can you keep Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. As it, as um, as we get uh, closer um, to it, I'll, I'll definitely message you guys and, and let you know what's going on. Thank you, Tina. Ah. Hey, if you want an extra that'll work for free, I know a few guys that'll uh, – Well, we'll we'll keep you posted on that because we always need free extras. You guys are going to have to make your way to Canada, and, and uh, you know – <laughs> It's not difficult, and they're serious about keeping their Canadians in their acting spots. So well, I bet. Yeah, I'm dealing with it already. So just so you know, I I do do full nudity. So <laughs> say no more. Be watching the movie. <laughs> well, uh, if you notice, we do have some some full nudity in the first film. Well, we so noticed. even though it's prosthetic, you know, we're we're not immune to that either. Uh, so, yeah. Well, Scott does his own um, real talk, and you'll have to get in touch with him and um, maybe do an appearance on his show as well. well it's, a, it's, it's a little more formal than ours, but um, that's okay. We try to. Keep I, can, I can do ways. formal too. I'll, I'll put a bow tie on or something. Or <laughs> <laughs> <Her> prosthetic. <laughs> uh, if you don't mind me plugging, uh, and again, it's not up. No, yet, go go right ahead. I was going to ask you just um, plug everything you got going on. Yeah, yeah MansonBrothers.com. You can get some cool merch like this, uh, you know, coffee mug. We put the fu in fun. If you can see that, <laughs> um, and it says Manson Brothers on the other side. We have T-shirts. Uh, we sponsored a NASCAR back on Halloween. Um, uh, last year at Martinsville, uh, we have diecast cars that are actually exact replicas, which is it's in the diecast is in the NASCAR Hall of Fame. Don't know if you guys are into that kind of thing. Um, yeah, and and hit us up on the socials, man. We we love to chat, and you know we got nothing better to do but but hang out and you know do podcasts while we wait for our, our impending films and shit like that. So. <laughs> No, thank you for coming on, Chris. We really hey, it's, it, guys, it has been seriously, it's been a blast. I, I I love doing this stuff, and you guys have been awesome. Again, I apologize for commandeering the entire show. But no, that's why the stories are entertaining. That's, that's why you're here, man. That's why you're here. <laughs> well, thank you. Well, like I said, anytime you want to come back, let us know. I, I would love and to keep yeah, us well, updated on the sequel. As we get closer, uh, yeah, we'll we'll coordinate something. Yeah. We'll we'll have another chat. So good, and bring your friends. <laughs> I will. We'll get. We'll, yeah, we'll get. We'll get Mike on next time too. And, uh, yeah, that'd be that. great. That's it. Thanks, I think Tony. You guys are a hoot together. You know. Uh, so well, depends on who you're asking and what the situation <laughs> is, and how much I've had to drink. That makes it more of a hoot usually. But. Well, I think Alan and Scott are about to start doing a um, bad movie night on the weekend. Some like every six weeks or so. Now that yeah. I would like to show up for too. I, 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 there's nothing I love more than. Poking fun at stuff. So, uh, yeah, you guys you wanna... see the movies we pick. What's up? your favorite bad movies? I'll ask that. What's you guys' favorite, like what you would consider bad movie? Sharkenstein. Sharkenstein. Oh, okay. While you're thinking, while you're thinking, I'm going to make it one more quick plug. Please check out uh, the Manson Brothers show on the Arrow in the Head Network uh, channel uh, on YouTube. Uh, Arrow in the Head, Manson Brothers show. We, we cover movies. Uh, that are our oh. favorites. We we just had uh, Mark Ralston from Aliens oh, wow. on. Um, you just talked about uh, Slither, right? We did just talk about Slither. Yes, yep, exactly. Oh, so, Slither's so. awesome. A very underrated film, by the way. Yeah. I, I love that movie. Yeah. I love it. So, yeah. Miami um, Connection. That's mine. Miami Connection. Miami Connection. I've yep. never heard of it, but it sounds like a bad movie. So. Oh, it is. <laughs> Wolf, uh, Wolf of Snow Hollow is probably mine, but I love that movie. What, what's it called? <laughs> Wolf of Snow Mountain was it or Snow? There's one I see all the time that I can I can never remember the name of it. Oh yeah, Shark Night off the There's one I can never remember the name of, but it's like um it's like kind of a steampunk Frankenstein movie with Nazis. I like to kind of watch anything that has Nazi or cult movies. Frankenstein's army? Yes, yes, Frankenstein's army. We did it. Oh, did you really? We did it. 
It's all stock. It was actually kind of stylistically <laughs> yeah. cool. I mean, it wasn't a great movie by any means, but but the look was kind of, you know, it was intriguing. Yeah. So, very I cool. like all that shit, too. Ash has got it. He's... Yeah. I haven't even heard of that. I'll have to wow. check out. Uh, we do turkeys at Thanksgiving. We we call out the bad movies turkeys. And uh, nice. Killing is one of the movies that we did. Yeah. Well, Scott is mind. known. Scott has a reputation for picking <laughs> bad the, the worst of the worst yeah. bad All right. movies. Well, Scott, since you know, what's what's number two on your list then if it's after Sharkenstein? Is it like Santa Jaws or whatever it was? Or? Uh, a loss of pasta. Which which one? The loss of pasta. It was was about a you know (laughs) I heard of it. Yeah, Yeah. so bad. It is so bad. bad. When he when he becomes a pastor, he wears one of those inflatable dinosaur suits. And at the end of the movie, he's fighting three vampire ninjas in this suit. It's that's 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 my that's my kind of bad. There's a poultry geist. Yeah, that was my pick. Dude, man, I'm 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 missing out. I'm I must I gotta get out more. Oh, that's a trauma <laughs> film too. That's one of those trauma uh, films. Yeah. 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 All right, kids. Well, that's gonna that wrap it up for for tonight. Thank Chris, you so much. Thank guys. you again. Thank you, um, Chris. And pleasure. we'll see y'all same time next week. Ciao. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Yeah.